0: This episode of Redwood is brought to you by AVR Defense, firearms and tactics training for civilians, law enforcement, and military, and physical security consulting for large businesses across the nation. Contact them at avrdefense.com and Instagram handle at avrdefense. AVR Defense, alert, vigilant, ready. Hi, and welcome to the Redwood podcast. Just a quick warning: there might be some swearing. Discretion is advised. Okay, so whenever you're ready, just go ahead and shoot me a thumbs up. All right. So welcome to Redwood. podcast about people's lives, where they've been, what they've done, how they were raised childhood to adulthood, what they're getting into now, and possibly what they're doing in the future, like we did with a couple of our past guests. Today we have with us Mr. Louis Long, and uh, this man has... Says he's not an interesting guy But this guy has gotten false charged By a bear and I don't know about anybody else I would have cracked my pants But today on this episode we're going to Talk about his childhood And maybe some influential uh, People in his life that he had Back then and then In further episodes we'll move on Through his life so welcome to the Show Louis. how are you doing today
1: I'm doing good dude thanks for having me
0: so let's just start off real quick. I mean, like, what was your childhood like?
1: I, I guess it was pretty normal. Uh, I grew up in this place called Orange Cove, which, for those that don't know, it's about uh, 40, 45 minutes southeast of Fresno, kind of tucked away in the foothills. Um, it's grown quite a bit since I've been there, but or since I lived there. But when I was there, it was literally one square mile mm-hmm. and roughly about 3,000 people, a mm. uh, small farming community. Uh, mostly migrant farm workers um not a whole lot of not a whole lot of opportunity very little opportunity is maybe a better description um so yeah that's where i grew up uh, other than that i think it was a pretty normal childhood
0: nothing like off the wall crazy happened in your childhood like some people where it's like oh this you know this happened in my childhood and it affected me in x way
1: no, I don't think I ever really had any of those types of stories. Um, I can't really think of anything too crazy. I was always kind of the straight, you know, straight arrow, not not getting in trouble. Um, we had a lot. We had drug, or drugs. We had gangs and that sort of thing going on, just like you'd have in a big city. Mm-hmm. Um, watched a lot of friends get caught up in that growing up, but I always avoided it. I didn't have the right personality to be, you know, tied in with a gang. I wasn't a violent person. I wasn't an angry person. Um, too afraid to do drugs because, you know, you hear all the horror stories, and I was afraid of what my parents would say and do. And So, yeah, I just stayed away from all of that negativity and focused on school. I was, I, Like I say, I kind of feel like I led a boring life.
0: So what was your most interesting thing in school that, like, really caught your interest as a child? I mean, we're talking elementary to middle school here.
1: The, the thing that really – I don't know if there was any one thing. I mean, I always did well in school. It just came easy to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have to say – I can remember being in, like, junior high and ask, being asked, well, what do you want to do with your life? And you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I remember really liking science. And I thought – but I didn't really know what kind of career opportunities there were in science. I just knew that I liked the science class. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up hunting and fishing, so during the summer, every Saturday, my dad and I would go fishing at the Kings River. Uh, it was tradition pretty much every single weekend we were going fishing, and then when I got to be about 11 or 12, I got tired of bait fishing and got into spin fishing, and I um, kind of lost interest because my dad was a bait fisherman, and he just wanted to sit and, you know, put some salmon eggs on the hook and and then sit on the bank and wait for the fish to bite, and that just drove me nuts because right. I just got a person that's got to get up and move and i think that's what sparked my interest in just the outdoors in general um i grew up hunting too so dub hunting and deer hunting i loved it I, I never really gave up deer hunting and there was a time as i got older got married had kids was in school didn't have the time to go deer hunting but i always wanted to be back out there um now i'm getting something. back into it now that my kids are old enough to hunt
0: something just happened like you like oh. broke in and out i don't know what happened
1: uh, am I too far away from my
0: mic? No, no, no. it, Like froze, and then you know, what are you gonna do? Skype, oh. right? Yeah, so <laughs> you're
1: gonna make me repeat what I said.
0: <laughs> no, you're good. I'll I'll break that in. Uh, All right. So you you've been hunting, you've been fishing pretty much your whole life, um, and in in elementary and middle school, I mean, like, so you, you were talking about how your dad really liked that bait fishing, like throw it on there and just sit there for a bit, and yeah. you decided you know what i want to move around a little bit Mm -hmm. i can't stand bait fishing for the same reason like i want to be able to put action on something and really do do something with that hook right you know so i can't handle bait it's boring to me yeah
1: Um, i agree but but what i was getting at was that 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 was sort of my my influence at at that time in elementary school and so i really kind of grew to love the outdoors And, and it stayed with me today um and I had thought that, that maybe, aside from science, maybe there was an opportunity to, you know, have a job in the woods. Mm-hmm. At that time, it was just woods. I didn't realize, you know, natural resources or forestry or anything like that. It was just working in the woods. And the only um, the only influence or the only role model that I saw at that time was Game Awards. I So, I thought that was the only job opportunity for me in that, in that arena. And... So that was always kind of in the back of my mind. Uh, and the other thing that, that influenced me, and I gotta tell you, I'm a person who uh, has many, many interests. I get pulled in a lot of different directions. Mm. And it, I think it's a blessing and it's a curse at the same time because I never focus on one thing for a very long period of time. I am I do it for a bit and then I, okay, I'm like a squirrel and I gotta go chase something else for a yeah. bit. And so um, I would see these commercials on TV And I probably got hooked like a lot of people got hooked, uh, of these Marines, you know, fighting dragons with the NCO sword or the Malmoluk sword, you know, the officer commercials or what have you. And I can remember telling my dad, Dad, I want to be a Marine someday. And he'd just look at me and say, are you sure? You know, and he'd laugh. That was his thing. Are you sure? And uh, I'd say, yeah, I want to be a Marine. And of course, I was junior high. I was 11, 12, 13 years old.
0: Right. Before we all know know the truth.
1: right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And then uh, I got into high school and the whole military thing kind of lost. I lost interest in it. Mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, as you get older and you experience new things, you know, your interests change a little bit. But outdoors and it was the Marine Corps. And kind of a funny story about that um, my dad was in cadets when he was in high school. Cadets is like the, I don't know, it's kind of like a JROTC program, but it's not ROTC they're not really tied to any branch it's just sort of uh you know they do rifle drills they do marching it's kind of a disciplinary type thing
0: what uh well before we jump into your high school life sure um, what was your parents like parenting lifestyle like I, I feel like every parent has a different style of parenting
1: sure so i'm uh i guess the best way to say it is that uh a mixed race my mom was you know, Mexican descent, my dad was, he was an Okie. Mm -hmm. Um, and my mom, she speaks Spanish, but she always spoke English in the household. So I never grew up speaking uh, Spanish, even though my grandmother, my mom's mom, she lived with us for a, a long time. She would always speak to me in Spanish and try to get me to learn. And I would always say, grandma, I don't know what you're saying. And then she'd translate into English. So I guess I had a lot of, um, cultural influence from the, you know my mexican side but then i also had the the caucasian or american influence from my dad's side uh, my dad was a man of few words if he got involved in terms of discipline then you knew you really screwed up mm-hmm. uh, my mom was a disciplinarian and she just she you know she was just trying to keep us out of trouble
0: right. um, trying um, to you know, keep guys sh- like out of this whole druggy gang, yeah, gang yeah. lifestyle, because she probably knew it, right? I mean, oh yeah, she Hispanic was Hispanic, like that.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't think she was like really. She wasn't a chola when she grew up, so she no, wasn't no. exposed to that. But you know, you could see it around town. And my dad was a hellraiser when he was when he was younger. You know, always getting in fights. Uh, I can remember um, at a very young age going to the bar to get my dad to come home after work, Mm -hmm. you know, because he had some growing up to do. He was in his early 20s. And, um, you know, we've all been there. And we still want to raise hell a little bit, although I was never, I never was even on the map in terms of raising hell compared to my dad. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it was a good childhood. I think they did the best they can. Um, We'll probably get into my education later. Um, But as far as my parents, my mom was a high school graduate. My dad was a high school dropout. Um, but they worked hard and we were never for want of anything. So it was, it was a, a good upbringing. That's always
0: good. What did, uh, what did your dad do for work and what'd your mom do for work?
1: So my mom, she, she worked most of her life in packing sheds. Um, I mentioned that, you know, we're mostly a migrant farm worker community mm-hmm. where I grew up. Uh, so she worked seasonal in packing sheds, mostly citrus packing sheds, for for a long time. When she was in her 40s, she went back to school. She went to Reedley College, and uh, I think her degree was in child development. She became a teacher's aide, mm. and so she spent the last part of her working life working as a teacher's aide, probably about 15 years or so. My dad um, worked in the ag industry, but he wasn't a farmer. Um, initially, he was working for a company called Bell, Bell Carter Foods. Uh, they, at least at the Orange Cove plant, they were uh, pickling olives. So he, he was processing olives. Uh, they, they'd come in, picked from the fruit or from the field, and then they'd go through all of the conveyor systems and be graded and all of that. And then they'd be put in these big pickle tanks and uh, prepared for consumption. So he did that for a lot of years. And then that company left town and he went to work uh, working with wind machines. So he spent about 20 years uh, working and servicing and, and um working in the wind machine industry and for those that aren't aware of what a wind machine is uh, it's just that it creates wind it's a big fan, fan that's out in citrus orchards yeah. uh, that circulates the air uh, and the funny thing is you know they come on when temperatures get below freezing and i never understood why the heck you would turn a fan on if it was cold and you wanted you didn't want it to be quite so cold but of course, it wasn't until later when I, you know, advanced my education a little bit and understood that you, you weren't trying to necessarily get it warm. You were just trying to raise the temperature one or two degrees to keep it above freezing. Yep. So, so yeah, So he did that for 20 years and then um, he got hurt. He hurt his uh, shoulder, I think it was. Oh, no, I take it back. That was a second injury. But he, he had uh, had some heart issues and he had a heart attack and uh, so he was on disability for about 12 weeks. And during that time, somehow, we don't really know how, he hurt his shoulder. And so he had to extend his disability leave. And then the company that it was working for let him go. So, yeah, kind of a raw deal. But um, he ended up kind of doing janitorial work for the last, I don't know, 10 years or so mm-hmm. of his working career. Um, and he, he loved it. He loved working with the kids, and they all loved him. So, yeah, that's what my dad did.
0: Well, that's good. That's I,
1: good. Yeah. I should say, too, that he, um, he, when he dropped out of high school, he only had about one semester left, I think it was. And so when he was in his 50s, he actually went back and, and he uh, got his high school diploma. So yeah. he was pretty proud of that. He was pretty proud of that. We're pretty proud of him, too. Well,
0: that's good. I mean, I think I was on that dropout train, too. And then I went yeah. and got a GED. And then I went into the Army. Uh-huh. The so, GED. The GED. The GED will get you somewhere. <laughs> just as good as a diploma. In, in Better practice.
1: than nuts. Yeah. Um,
0: so. Your parents uh have had a big influence on your life as far as the decisions you've made growing up. I'm assuming your mother being the disciplinarian right,
1: yeah, well, that's not to say that my dad never disciplined us. he did, but when he got involved, you know you screwed up pretty bad mm-hmm. but uh, yeah I mean i think I think like all people and maybe maybe all people don't think this way. I just feel like they do but I've always been the type of person who whether you know it was just people i meet in the public i've tried to learn something from everybody and and it might be that i don't ever want to be like that person that's what i take away from that encounter Mm -hmm. and there's been plenty of those people in my life you know my parents were great parents they did a lot of things that were good that probably kept us out of trouble i have a brother and a sister by the way when i say us you know and then they did some things that when i became a parent i didn't bring forward i just did things a little differently um I don't know that I could pinpoint any one thing and just, you know, it wasn't that you know, there was, it was neither traumatic nor inspirational, I guess. It was just pretty normal childhood in right. my eyes.
0: So it's not like your mom was beating you with a belt or no, anything no, like no, that, but it,
1: well, it was. Yeah. Well, I mean, we got spanked for sure. Um, and we earned every single one, but it, there wasn't, it wasn't child abuse. It wasn't like we were just being beaten because mom was mad at dad. Right.
0: Right, or dad had a rough day at work, so he's gonna come over here and take it out on the kids. Yeah, stuff. no,
1: it was it was never like that.
0: That's good. That's always good to hear. God, there's some childhoods out there that are like that. and You're like, man, yeah. And it makes me go, I want to adopt that kid just to get them out of that situation.
1: Yeah, I feel you.
0: But um, with that, I mean, like, okay, so your school life. What was your school life like? I mean, it seems like you had a pretty good childhood back at the house. Mm -hmm. were your teachers on the same boat or?
1: Yeah, I I think I had pretty good teachers in elementary school. Um, I'd have to say because school came so easy to me, I think they all felt like I was going to become a doctor or a lawyer or something like that. Mm -hmm. And that never interested me. I was never drawn into that. I I, kind of got off on a tangent a little bit about, you know, the Marine Corps and and in high school and cadets and all of that. And and where I was going with what that was, You know, my dad was in the cadets program. That was something that was offered in high school. So when I was about to graduate from eighth grade, we did this whole high school registration thing where you got to pick your elective courses, you know, and cadets was an option and I wanted to sign up for it. And I remember one of the counselors, I don't remember the name of this person, but I remember them telling me, well, the cadets is for for kids that get in trouble. That's not for you. You don't get in trouble. You know, it's for people that don't do good in school. So I didn't do it. Um, interestingly enough, when I enlisted in the Marine Corps, which we'll get into later, I guess, I took to it like a duck to water. you know, I love the discipline, and so I kind of I kind of feel like I missed out on an experience by not by being talked out of joining cadets in high school. Mm-hmm. You know, hindsight's 2020, 20, who knows I might have hated it and then it would have changed my course forever. Who knows? It's
0: crazy to think about it though, when you, what it could have should us, but it could have changed your whole out your whole life's plane,
1: right. Right. But, I, you know, and I feel like the the teachers, they of course, they had, I, I'm, I'm assuming they had my best interest at heart. I feel like nobody ever asked me, what do you want to do? Mm-hmm. You know, everybody just kind of assumed, well, you know, you do good in school, you get all A's, and so you're going to be a doctor or a lawyer or something like that. But again, that was never my interest.
0: So um, when you were younger then in, in elementary middle school, did you already have an idea of what you wanted to do?
1: No clue. No clue. No, I mean, I knew, slightest. I knew, not really. I knew I liked being in the outdoors, and I, I loved to hunt, loved to fish, loved to camp, but I really didn't know what kind of job opportunities were out there that would take me into that arena. Like I said, game wardens were the only thing that I saw, or the only the only professional position that I saw that was even remotely an option. And so I kind of you know kept that in my back pocket for a while. We we lived at the base, you know, the foothills of Sierra Nevada. We were an hour away from Kings Canyon National Park, but I didn't like the park system because I, I felt like it was just a tourist trap. Yeah. I, I preferred being in the national forest where you could go, you know, you could camp, you could hunt, you could fish, you could do all of that stuff. And, and it wasn't until later that I learned more about the park system, and, and I appreciate it now. But when I was a kid, I, the park wasn't where I wanted to be, so I didn't even see park rangers as, as a you know a role model or an influence in working in the outdoors that just wasn't that was of no interest to me so so yeah i didn't know what i wanted to do i just knew that um, i like science i like the outdoors and i was really inspired by those marine corps commercials yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> the the blue top and the white pants or whatever what is oh, it the,
1: dr- the, the dress, dress blues. blues yes yes
0: and the white hat big giant pot sitting on the head yeah. so oh, yeah, you got to
1: love that cover <laughs> and then uh slaying dragons That's
0: slaying it. dragons that yeah yeah the marines definitely did a good job with their commercials back in the day because i remember seeing those <laughs> yeah, and being did. like they got a sword i want one <laughs> you know <Right? laughs> when i was in yeah. like elementary middle school as well did you guys do anything on aside from you know your your dad and you going fishing every saturday did you guys do anything like as far as family vacations
1: yeah we took a few um We, you know, we, I guess, financially, I mean, we had everything we needed, but there wasn't a lot of excess money, a lot of discretionary funds to just go traveling all the time. Mm -hmm. But I think as a kid, we went to Disneyland once. Disneyland's ridiculously expensive. Uh, We went to Knott's Berry Farm once or twice, went to, you know, Magic Mountain, those sorts of things. And and it wasn't like an every year thing. We'd go every once or twice every couple, two, three years, whatever it was. But it was mostly spending time with family. We, I can remember going out and renting uh, the the houseboats out on Lake Kaweah,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and not the fancy ones, mind you, with the windows and the enclosed cabin, but just basically two pontoons and a, a plywood, you know, deck, some two by four walls, half walls, and, and a roof. But we'd all get together as a family and go out rent one of those for the night and you know i remember catching catfish by lantern light and you know it was just fun you didn't have to spend a lot of money or go to real exotic places um never left the country we didn't you know we didn't go to europe or anything like that never been to hawaii so it was just you know staying local spending time with the family occasionally going to amusement parks Um, we have family in arkansas so i can remember going back there Uh, i went back once as a kid my parents went a couple of times, but, uh, yeah, just, uh, that was about
0: it. Yeah. God, I, remember I, I look at it as, and if my grandmother even asked me this, she goes, do you want this? Do you want this? Do you want that? Do you want this? And it's like, no. And she goes, you're really not a person that likes like material things like from your childhood. I was like, cause those material things aren't what I remember from my childhood. I remember going to the river and getting on the kneeboard behind the boat and going up to the mountains and, going to washington dc with my grandparents stuff like that i don't need some toy or something like my baby picture i don't care about that stuff (laughs) i've got it all up here in my noggin you know yeah i'm a memories guy i'm not a oh my god this stuffed bear that i had since i was i don't care about that stuff
1: right it's all about experiences yes
0: absolutely i I think i definitely had a good childhood there so aside from you know you're you're I mean, it seems like you did have some good experiences, even though, you know, you guys were like living by your means. Still, Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was it was like I said, I can't really complain. I mean, short of just having to live in Orange Cove, um,
0: which Orange Cove isn't that nice anymore.
1: It has certainly gone downhill from when I was there and it wasn't anything to brag about when I was.
0: Mm. That's absolutely true. Yeah, I was not a fan of going in there at night for this one company that I worked for Mm -hmm. because it was just like, when am I going to get stabbed? Yeah,
1: yeah. uh, I didn't go out in town a whole lot unless it was to the grocery store, the gas station. Um, I worked at the liquor store there when I was about 19. That was an experience. Um, But, yeah, I can remember as I got older, uh, dating uh, Lee, who's my wife now, when I'd have to go back home, you know, driving home at night i'd always get depressed so yeah i got out of that place as soon as i could it's right it's
0: rough there so okay then at elementary school do you have any hobbies aside from fishing and outdoors that you uh partook in that you would partake in
1: <laughs> well probably you know video games i was a game younger i'm a gamer now i have long since outgrown that but video games you know back in the day it was the eight-bit Nintendo system, but I remember playing Atari Twenty-six Hundred and uh, and television and Turbo Graphics sixteen and Thanks. you know and and nothing like what's out today. But we'd play video games, played outside a lot, rode bikes, man. You know, I remember riding out in the country, out in the orchards around town, which are all you know housing developments now if you go through there. But used to be orchards, and we'd ride through and you know jump over the ditch banks and that sort of thing. So shooting BB guns. That was kind of what I did growing up.
0: Basic outdoor, just not electronic filled lifestyle. Because, I mean, back they then, weren't, they weren't like that.
1: Right, right. No cell phones, you know, right. nothing. No, I guess the Game Boy was the only handheld game, but we didn't have one of those, you know. Like I said, I did play video games, but uh, my mom probably felt like I played way too much, but I certainly balanced it with. Mm-hmm. Outdoor activities I was big into baseball Youth baseball Little league Babe Ruth um, Yeah that kept me busy For sure
0: Of course Of course Well getting outside As a child is better than You know Staying inside I mean today It's a big struggle I could look out my neighborhood Right now And I know there's A bunch of kids That live in my neighborhood But they are rarely outside They're like always Inside on something
1: Yep Yep
0: Although I'm sitting here Talking crap Because I'm always inside <laughs> too I've got an Xbox I'll be in my bedroom All day i'll take a
1: day out yeah it's it's easy to do but yep
0: yeah well at least we know that your your childhood was good it's obviously a great childhood um I mean, I, I'm sure there's going to be some people that listen to this and go, damn it, he had it easy. and Yeah. And in reality, I mean, like, I know what Orange Cove is now. I can only imagine with the way you describe it as it was then. And it was not well, yeah, that long to, ago, you know, to, like
1: 30, yeah, 30 years
0: get,
1: ago. Yeah, it was about that long. Man, thanks for making me feel old. What? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, just to give you a, a little idea, I mean, I can remember being about – 12 years old. And it was the middle of the day. Um, both my parents were at work. My grandma lived with us, my mom's mom, and she was sitting at the kitchen table like she usually did. And I remember hearing uh, a car come to a screeching halt right out front. So, you know, being a kid and kind of being naive, um, like I said, my parents didn't let me run the streets. So I was a little naive to the rougher side of life. I go and open the front door and look out to see what's going on. And some dude had, you know, come to a screeching halt right in front of the house. And by the time I got to the door and opened it up, he was running to the back of his vehicle, pulls out a gun, you know, pops a few rounds down the street. I don't know who or what he was shooting at. Gets back in his car and takes off. So it wasn't like, you know, I lived in a gated community and and had a silver spoon in my mouth. You know, my parents did the best to give us, you know, the most opportunity that they could. But it was still Orange Cove, and yeah. there were still gangs, and there was still drugs, and all of that. Yep.
0: I don't know why Orange Cove is like that. It'd be a nice little town. If you know, I don't know, yeah, I don't understand it. It's just yeah. it's an ugly town. It's uglier now. Yeah, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's you know, there's there's a lot of good people that live there, mm-hmm. um, for one reason or another. I mean, you know, it's it's expensive to live in California, so maybe they just can't move. Uh, who knows? But it's, the town is the town, but the, the people, you know, there's a lot of good people there right. still.
0: Oh, yeah. No, there's good people everywhere. You go to Compton, and there's still going to be good people there, too.
1: Yeah. Um.
0: Just a little side note, just because we're talking about bad towns, and I did bring up Compton uh, back when I was an Uber driver. I decided to switch to L.A., you know, just to change the scene, you know, because I was in San Francisco every weekend. And so I was like, you know, I'm going to do L.A. for a couple of days. And uh, I picked up this girl down at the Santa Monica Pier where she worked and drove her into um, uh, Englewood. And it, it, anybody that lives in California knows Englewood and Compton are like the two worst parts of L.A. And I dropped her off at her house and got out. and We talked for a little bit. And this car drove by, turned around. Parked on the corner and just sat there. Headlights on, running. And then I was like, all right, well, I'm going to head out because, you know, I'll probably get shot. <laughs> you know, and She was just a little Hispanic girl. And, you know, I'm this bald, bearded white guy. So I jump in my car and that truck pulled out and followed me all the way to the highway. Now, granted, I don't know what their... Whole plan was Maybe they were like Hey this dude's an Uber driver And he's white Let's make sure he gets Out of town safe hmm. Or They were going If this dude stays in town Any longer We're gonna get out And shoot his ass Two yeah. different ways But maybe they were The good type of people That were like We gotta make sure That Uber driver Gets out of here safe Cause yeah. he's just an Uber <laughs> driver He got dragged in here <laughs> You know Right <laughs> Yeah So But like I said There's good people everywhere And those, those people in that truck Could have very well been Those good people Yep. That you don't think about, that you wouldn't think are in those those parts of town, there. So, in the time that you lived there, to the time now, how do you think uh, Orange Cove has changed? How I do mean, I? like, I mean, it's not like it changed drastically, but
1: well, I mean, they have a, a police department now, and they, that wasn't there or that didn't exist when I was there. Uh, or at least when I can remember my parents talk about Orange Cove, you know, being a little nicer than it was when we were growing up. They had a police department. Of course, you know, for economic reasons, they had to disband the police department. So then Fresno County Sheriff was, um, was basically our police department. And, of course, response times when you've got a county sheriff policing your community are going to be longer than uh, when you have a local police force. So that probably allowed crime to, you know, to grow a little bit. Um, I've taken my kids through town to show them where Dad came from, mm. you know, and they kind of agree that they don't ever want to live there.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, and I've gone through a few times. I, let's see, I I left when I was about 20 years old when I moved out. You know, being 44 now, so it's been 20 24 years. Um, and I've gone through a few times for a number of reasons. And it just seems to be more rundown now mm-hmm. in terms of how it's changed. I haven't kept up with local politics. Um, I know I've had some students, former students, current students that live there. And um, it doesn't seem to have changed in terms of opportunity at all. In fact, it's probably gotten a little worse. Um some of the institutions have been, you know, the owners. And when I say institutions, I mean like AC Market. But that was a family-owned supermarket. Everybody knew that, you know, that family. Everybody shopped there. Um, they've retired, sold sold the business. I you know, haven't been there in forever. But um, the community just looks different, looks more run down. That's just my opinion, though.
0: Yeah. Well, it happens. A lot of people grow up and see their town get run into the dirt or it Flourishes and becomes a bigger town Than what it was right, right. So well Your childhood definitely seems like a good childhood One filled with good memories And interesting memories As well uh-huh. too And the way I always close out The childhood episode Which is everybody's first episode Is One dark and one light memory So we go dark first What is your worst childhood memory and then we go light. What is your best childhood memory?
1: Wow. I guess I'd have to think about that. Um,
0: Everybody says that. Everybody yeah,
1: says that.
0: Because we all well, I mean, we all take the bad stuff and we all tuck it back.
1: Yeah. I don't focus on that or I try not to. Uh, I uh, Worst and then the best childhood memory. Mm-hmm. I, I gotta say, I guess if I'm if I'm being honest, like the the best childhood memory doesn't revolve around one single event, but rather just just being out in the woods with with my dad, um, being out in the woods with the family, camping, fishing, hunting, all of those experiences. I mean, I can still I'll hear a song. And I can remember driving up the hill listening to that song with my dad in the truck, making fun of me because you what know I'm a metalhead. He didn't like it. That's- well, mm-hmm. um, uh, it, you're going to laugh, but um, there's a band. It's an old band called Obituary who had a song called "Chop the Nav." And I remember driving up the hill one night, early morning, really not night, and uh, but it was still dark out, and that song was playing. It was an old '66 Chevy pickup had a tape deck in it and you know I told dad I'm gonna listen to this and um, I remember him making fun of me what the heck are they saying and you know cause it's death metal And yeah. but you know I, I hear that song or I hear that band and, and instantly I go back to those memories and they're all you know fun memories of just being out and hunting and you know just spending time with dad out in the woods that's always I, good yeah those, those
0: uh, are in fact the best memories
1: yeah absolutely and and it doesn't revolve around stuff Right. Uh, and I guess I guess probably the darkest. Gosh, I don't know. I mean, losing family members is always a hard time. I don't. I don't even know how to answer that.
0: It's such a it's such a weird question to ask, but it's probably one of my favorite questions to ask on this show, especially yeah. for the first episode because. Yeah. Nobody, even that had, like, a bad childhood, unless they focus on that bad, can tell you right off the bat their yeah. worst childhood experience. I couldn't tell you
1: my worst childhood experience.
0: Yeah. A yeah, lot you, of you people able- respond that way. Like, I would really have to think about that. Yeah.
1: You, you build up walls around those dark memories. But I guess, you know, one of the things that's, that's that's maybe, and it's not, again, not an individual occurrence or event, but one of the things that has certainly shaped my adult life uh, I mentioned at the start of this that you know I was not a violent person. I, I wasn't getting into fights. I wasn't I wasn't of that mentality. But I can remember being picked on a lot as a kid because I wouldn't stand up for myself. Mm, that'll do it. And yeah. And so maybe if I had to pick a dark memory, just just not so much that it happened because I think we all kind of maybe get bullied in one way or another. But the dark memories that I I didn't stand up for myself you know looking back on it what would i had i known then what i know now what would i have done differently and, and it would just be to fight back and stand yeah. up so
0: even if you had to so. take a couple of licks it's
1: yeah absolutely it's,
0: i think that's one thing that we all think about back then is like if i would have just thrown one punch it probably would have finished it
1: yep but yep
0: i mean hopefully that didn't that bullying didn't carry on in high school no it changed <laughs> oh well that's good that's good. Yeah. Well, see, I know this is a really hard question for a lot of people there. I mean, I interviewed one person, and uh, they knew one specific memory exactly, and I was like, oh, okay. You know, but mm. there are some people that don't have any. Where right. Just like, I couldn't tell you I didn't have an issue when I was a kid i'm definitely going to look up that song chopped in half personally
1: (laughs) i think that's the name of it it's been a long time but the band is definitely obituary all
0: right well that'll close down the childhood episode on our next episode we'll talk about your high school career and that'll probably get us dragged into your military life as well um a little bit at least the beginning of it yeah and then uh yeah we'll talk a little bit more about your family and high school teachers that influenced you and everything like that.
1: All right. Sounds good.
0: Well, thank you for being on this episode here, Louie, and I will talk to you in the next episode.
1: All right. Thanks for having me.